Listener Production. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Suter. This is a podcast on international relations. International politics, we pick something that is happening somewhere in the world, something of intrigue, and we break it down for you. Well, not me necessarily. I just don't have that background to be able to do that. I can ask lots of questions, though. (laughs) Uh, Dr. Keith Suda, there is no one who is better versed on international politics than this man because you're so good at breaking it down, Keith, and making it easy to understand. And we're going to learn about a brand new sort of phrase today, Green New Deal. Break it down for us. Right. So Green New Deal has been a a phrase been around for the last few years. It's suddenly coming very much back into fashion with the election of Joe Biden as president. So expect to hear a lot more about this after January 20 next year. So the, the word itself or phrase Green New Deal is a play on words. So in the 1930s, President Franklin Roosevelt introduced what was called the New Deal. So the New Deal represented the American government getting involved in the American economy, building roads, planting trees, um, really uh, just rebuilding America because of the Great Depression, which began around 1928, 1929, and extended through until the, well, for much of the 1930s. So the New Deal then represented a whole new chapter in American history, whereby Uh, the American government took on responsibility for looking after the economy and the economic and social welfare of the society. So before that time, the general view was you left everything to the market. The market always knows best. The government shouldn't get involved. It should be a policy of laissez-faire, in other words, leaving it just to the market. So Roosevelt was a traitor to his own elite upper class and said um, it's no good just relying on the business interests, the government has got to get involved. And it was a whole turning point in American history. We see something similar beginning in Great Britain and here in Australia, in, in Sydney, for example, where we are, um, we had the building of the Sydney Harbour Bridge, which kept a lot of people employed. Uh, so that was an example, if you like, of a New Deal policy, not that the phrase was used in Australia in that context, but that was basically New Deal thinking. The government saying, We have to do things to get the economy moving. You just can't rely on the market. So that was the the big breakthrough with that phrase, New Deal. Then in the last few years, people have been talking about the need for a green New Deal. And in the House of uh, Representatives resolution in the United States, it's a, a mention of the need for providing all people of the United States with high quality health care, affordable, safe and adequate housing, economic security and access to clean water, clean air, healthy and affordable food and nature. So that's the essence of this new deal. Now, Biden has agreed to some of the idea of this Green New Deal. Remember, it's a slogan rather than a specific strategy. So we've got to see how it's going to actually turn out. And of course, once something starts to go through Congress, then it gets churned up because my guess is that the upper house, the Senate, will still be controlled by the Republicans who don't like the ideal of a new deal. Suffice to say, President Trump did not ever accept any idea of a Green New Deal. He said there was no problem with climate change. We've got to continue with the development of the coal industry, etc. The uh, implication of the Green New Deal will be the gradual phasing out of coal, 
um, and also the development of renewables. So that's wind power, solar power, etc. But clearly going a lot further beyond that because this resolution talks about um, affordable, safe and adequate housing and uh, economic security, access to clean water, clean air, healthy and affordable food. This is a really dramatic makeover of American society. And, of course, the 1930s New Deal was similarly a big makeover of American society. And so the people who are behind the Green New Deal are looking for a similar dramatic breakthrough. Now, whether Biden can achieve that, of course, is another matter. Clearly, we need to have a strategy. You know, what what do we actually mean by clean water, clean air? What are the indicators that we need for this? How do we guarantee affordable food. For example, one of the issues that we've looked at in this series has been what are called food deserts. In other words, the United States, which grows a huge amount of food and sells a lot of food overseas. So in other words, is blessed with an abundance of food. And yet we have obesity as a major problem for inner city communities. In other words, they live in food deserts. Uh, they're, they're living in localities whereby you can't get healthy, cheap food, and they live instead on fast foods, etc. They know the fast foods are unhealthy, but they've got no choice but to consume them because they don't have the money to travel long distances to do the shopping for the, the fresh fruit and vegetables that we just take for granted, as, as you and I do, living in, uh, in Sydney. Uh, so they are food deserts. So what this resolution is, is trying to address is saying, well, how do we get fresh food and fruit to all Americans? Because we certainly grow enough food. There's no shortage of food in America. It's a distribution issue. It's not, it's not a, 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 sh- a shortage of food as such. So these are all the issues. And I think if the Green New Deal as a phrase becomes much more commonplace and Biden will have probably two years to really run with this. Remember, Obama was in office for eight years because he got re-elected after four years, but was really only effective for his first two years. So normally what happens is that in the um, um, after the first two years of a presidency in what are called the midterm elections, all the lower house and one third of the Senate, and that's generally where you tend to lose support. Um, So you've got two years to really hit the ground running hard, which is why the transition arrangement is so important. So Biden doesn't want to leave it until January 20 to start making appointments. He's got to be making them now on the understanding that they're ready to move into place on January 20. And so the Green New Deal is something which will need to get fully implemented in one way or another within those first two years. This is Global Truth with Dr. Keith Suda. We're talking about a new phrase, Green New Deal, which you just aptly described, Keith. But I guess half the um, issue for someone like Joe Biden in terms of getting this ingrained in American psyches and getting it across the line will be getting everyone on board. Yeah. So how do you, as we say, like the obesity is a huge issue in America. Absolutely. There are these food deserts, but how do we convince them that they need to go down this path for their own health and prosperity? Exactly. Um, I think uh, the case of... uh, um, a lot of people of colour know that they've got obesity issues. So I think the willingness is there. It's a question of the availability. But you're right. How do we transform the American society 
to make these um, uh, opportunities available to everyone. Plus, of course, uh, you've got the whole environmental dimension, which comes up because we talk about climate change. But also, if you're going to achieve this agenda, which has been outlined in this resolution from the House of Representatives, then you've got to be doing a lot of economic growth. And there are people who are saying that um, the planet cannot continue with a high level of economic growth. This is a dilemma that we've got. So this is the other dimension, the debate over the Green New Deal. So you've got some conservatives will say, look, there's no need for a Green New Deal. Leave it all to the market or climate change is not a real issue. Um, so you, you've got all that conservative opinion, but you've also got opinion elsewhere who are saying, look, the planet Earth can't cope with a Green New Deal because we don't have enough resources. So that's going to be another dilemma for Biden. So you're going to end up with what are called the extreme greens because you have different types of greens. You have the moderate greens, which is where I am, but then you've got the, you know, the really hard-line deep greens who would say, well, we've just got to stop economic growth. And that, of course, becomes toxic because every politician is pledged to economic growth. So how, therefore, do you achieve economic growth without achieving economic growth? How do you do it without damaging the environment? So there's this whole new debate going on now about how do we reshape economics? For example, one issue is how do we find a new way of measuring gross domestic product? Gross domestic product measures the movement of money through the economy. Um, and so it, it only measures transactions which are based on money. So if I employ a housekeeper, I increase the gross domestic product. If I later marry her, I reduce the gross domestic product because I'm no longer paying her a salary. So if you look at the debate over older people in Australia, you get the bean counters to say, well, older people cost so much money because we're having to pay this old age pension. But the, the second largest provider of childcare in Australia are grandparents and they don't get paid. Mm -mm. And so their marvellous work is not reflected in any economic statistics. And so we worship this idol called gross domestic product, which is not a good indicator of the state of the economy. So you can have, you can have GDP increasing, but in fact, ordinary people having a worse way of life. So GDP is not, it was a, a good idea at its time, which was 70 years ago, it's an interesting invention. But we've now become more and more sophisticated in how we understand the economy. And therefore, we need to find alternatives. Do we factor in some sort of measure of happiness mm -hmm. or the role of women in society, the number of female parliamentarians or whatever? We need a more sophisticated yeah. way of, of even just measuring economic growth. And, pr and, yeah, progressiveness. Absolutely. So these are very basic issues. Now, for me, the value of the Green New Deal is that it is focusing on the whole need to transform society, which I think is important. We've, we've had a, um, a, a few decades whereby politicians would say, forget uh, all those ideas of Roosevelt, leave it all to the market. So that began under Ronald Reagan, but was endorsed by Bill Clinton with his idea of this third way. So in a sense, both the Republicans and mainstream Democrats have bought into this idea that it's not the government's job to be involved in running the economy. And, of course, you see the same sort of thing in the United Kingdom. This was Mrs Thatcher's revolution, which was endorsed in effect by Tony Blair. So what we're looking at with this phrase Green New Deal is the reinvention of government in society. And in other words, saying to the politicians, 
you've got to go back to the role that you had in the 1930s and the 1940s when you did nation-building projects. Now, we're seeing a bit of that now because of the coronavirus and governments are looking at building roads and bridges to put money into or social housing Mm -hmm. to put more money into circulation. That's a movement in the right direction, but they're being pushed into that by the coronavirus crisis. I want to see them attracted to it because of the Green New Deal. The Green New Deal, sort of just the phrase in itself, could be problematic because it would just, it, it seems to put on the agenda, well, green issues, climate change, things like that, which have not ever been really, probably were under Obama welcomed more, but then have been boohooed, you know, as though they don't exist under Trump now for how many years? That's right. In fact, Biden has already said that he will rejoin the Paris Agreement on Climate Change. John Kerry, who helped negotiate it, has already been appointed as a nominee anyway. Uh, for the Biden administration. So that's a step in the right direction. So I think um, after the four years of climate change denial under President Trump, at least we've got a, uh, an administration in Washington that accepts that there is a problem with climate change. But we've got to go a lot further than that. And with this, for me, is the value of the Green New Deal, this vision of reinventing society, of being able to come up with different types of projects with government seeing itself as being responsible for getting those projects off the ground. You know, banks have been leading a lot of the ways um, in terms of investing or allowing investment to happen in more green things that are more futuristic, for example. So therefore, they're being a lot more sceptical about what to green light investment in, which means that they are playing a bigger role sometimes in government in these decisions. Yes, and financial institutions now are beginning to realise that there is a problem with stranded assets. So, for example, in my view, coal is still going to be an energy source that we need to continue with in this country for the foreseeable future because there's no obvious alternative. You just can't suddenly close down coal mining in this country. But eventually, coal mining will stop. And in the meantime, we need to have transition policies to ensure that people um, who are currently employed in coal mining can find other jobs. My preference would be in, in the context where we live, which is New South Wales, that um, Newcastle, which is the busiest coal port place in the world, Australia is the number one exporter of coal. We are so big, nobody knows the name of the second one. By the way, it's Indonesia. We're not the biggest coal producer. China, India and America are the biggest coal producers, but they consume what they produce. Australia can produce more than it can consume, so we export it. So we are number one as the exporter of coal, head and shoulders, as I say, well above number two that no one ever seems to remember. So, And a lot of that coal comes out of the Hunter and then goes into Newcastle and is then shipped um, uh, overseas. Now, my view is that the Hunter should then start to transition itself into going into renewable energy. Let me give a classic example of where things can be handled badly. So the Obama administration started to close down coal mines, including in West Virginia, a traditional Democrat area. Those coal miners are traditional Democrat voters. But Obama and Clinton cost the Democrat Party the support in West Virginia. And they were then vulnerable to a candidate like Donald Trump who came along promising to reinvigorate the coal industry. He's failed to do so because the market forces are against that. But what Obama or Clinton or whatever should have done is to develop alternative industries in West Virginia. West Virginia is a beautiful state. 
immortalised in various songs about about West Virginia. Um, so why not retrain those coal miners to run a tourist industry? You know, my standard example is here in in Australia is Shane's Beach, Western Australia. Shane's Beach was the last English-speaking commercial whaling station in the world. Now, when I gave evidence to the Royal Commission on Whaling, which is well over 30 years ago now, I argued that Shane's Beach could become a tourist attraction. And now if you go to the bottom of Western Australia, Shane's Beach, it is a tourist attraction. The children of the whalers are now taking out shiploads of tourists with their cameras to look at the whales. Wow. That's how you can reinvent things. But it requires imagination on the part of government mm. to get involved, to do these transition programs. And this is what I hope we will get with the Green New Deal. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. Global Truths was presented by Dr. Keith Suter and me, Kate Mack. Produced by Matt Dwyer. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Listener.